Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's welcome uh, Executive Director for Neptosa, Basil Manuel. Basil, good evening. I know I speak to you this evening and you and uh, your fellow um, you know, compatriots at Neptosa are in shock. Good evening, Patricia. Yes, indeed. And much broader than Aptosa, the entire public service and all the unions in the public service are shocked. Um, we didn't expect this, and uh, we are worried about the full implications of it. Mm. Now, for those who perhaps missed um, why you're in shock, uh, we know that there was a judgment that was delivered today by the Constitutional Court um, that did clearly state that the employer, being government, was within their right to walk away from the Public Service Coordinating Bargaining Council, uh, Resolution 1 of 2018, which was... um, which was to be implemented in three parts and the last leg of this particular agreement um, when it comes to salary increases was not affected. Absolutely, Patricia. And it's been a long haul. And remembering that we signed this agreement and uh, under little duress, uh, pressurized by the very department who wanted the multi-term agreement, we signed it. In 2018, the first leg was implemented in 2018, the second leg in 2019, and in 2020, the employer simply declared it doesn't have the money for it. Now, our contention was that this is a legal and binding agreement. It was signed in good faith, and it needs to be honored. Of course, the Labor Appeals Court and now the Constitutional Court held that um, the, the employer didn't have money. And so that, as well as the fact that the ministers at the time and the negotiators didn't get the full mandate from government. Now, Patricia, our issue is, how were we ever supposed to know that? We, as the, the, uh, the people who are bargaining on the other side of the table, don't know what their mandates are looking like, and we don't know what has been done and through which hoops have been jumped. When they came to the table and said, this is the offer we can accept, we can't accept anything more than this, we kicked and screamed and eventually we buckled and signed. Now, we are shocked that this is how it has gone. But it is bigger than just the public servants getting an increase. We are worried about what this spells for collective bargaining in any sector, that people can sign an agreement and then declare later that, well, well, actually, we don't have the money for it, and uh, walk away from the agreement. That is our biggest concern. But our members are devastated also because for two years they haven't had any salary increase. In 2021, we met the department more than halfway to say we understand the financial pressure, and we agreed to to a 1.5% which was only the pay progression, which is already an agreement. So our people haven't had an increase in 2020 and in 2021. So, Patricia, this says that the salary negotiations in 2022 are going to be robust, if I've got to put it euphemistically, or bruising, if I've got to put it a little more bluntly, because we have to ensure that we... 
um, defend the right of our members to a salary increase. You know, I understand how this can obviously dampen the confidence um, when it comes to your outlook um, and all those who are public servants when it comes to the employer. It can dampen the confidence because this was obviously an agreement that was made. But if the constitutional court is saying, well, the employer has the right and the employer says this was based on the fact that funds are not there, then what else should be done? Do you think that the negotiations for 2022 are going to be any different? Patricia, I think that is going to be very bruising. I think it is certainly going to be a tough one. But the bigger issue, I suppose, is that there's a big trust deficit. How do we trust the employer at their word when they come back now to the negotiating table? And that is the biggest damage that has been wreaked upon the, uh, the whole bargaining council, because the employer is now viewed by us, the uh, employees, as uh, bargaining in bad faith. Because uh, had they bargained properly, they would not have pushed a three-year deal. They would not have uh, said to us, we will find the money and then uh, turn around and say, no, we, we needed to retrench 35,000 people. In the public service, where? You can't retrench teachers. What will you do to class sizes? You can't summarily do these things in a void. But the big point is the trust deficit. How do we go back to the bargaining table and trust the credentials of the bargaining, uh, of the people bargaining on behalf of the state? So now we have to call for all sorts of undertakings and documents signed by cabinets and signed by ministers to ensure that what has been put on the table is in fact authentic and implementable. A-teamers, we are in discussion with uh, Basil Manuel, who is the executive director of NAPTOSA, and we are talking about uh, their reaction. And uh, Basil has said that it also includes other public um, servants who who have the same view around this particular judgment that has said, look, the employer is well within the right to not continue with the three-year agreement of salary increases. And I want to hear from you, especially those who are directly impacted by this particular judgment. Going into, uh, I mean, this New Year's bargaining summit, how do you feel as an A-teamer who works for, um, you know, government? Do you feel you've got confident? Or uh, how has this dampened your outlook when it comes to the employer? Please do interact with us. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial. Alternatively, you can WhatsApp 614 On the line, we've got Aitima Aisha. Good evening, Aisha. Evening, uh, Pat. Um, Mr. Manuel, I feel your pain. All I want to say is Amen. Whatever I've been saying, the state abuses its citizens. We gave a case in point. And uh, really, who who they not paying? The teachers, the nurses, the policemen, the people that's actually doing the work. And my last point is, it must roll. 
I mean, seriously. Aisha, how do you okay. suggest that heads must roll? How, how do you suggest it should be handled? I want to hear from you. Who was, who, they that are the union mm-hmm. know who they sat and negotiated with. And ultimately, the minister in charge of that is responsible. So all the, all the way from the people that they were negotiating with, all the way up. All right. I mean, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, this is ridiculous. What do they want to bring the country to a standstill? Yeah, I hear you, Aisha. Thank you very much for calling in. Basil, please do weigh in. Uh, Aisha says heads must roll. Aisha makes a very, very valid point. One that we ourselves are questioning because it's absent in the judgment. The judgment says that the agreement was illegal because certain steps had not been followed, certain permissions not given by Treasury and the like. But ministers assured us we signed an agreement. It was implemented for two years. So who must be held to account? And Aisha is absolutely correct. Somebody messed up somewhere along the line. And who carries the cab? But as usual, as government goes, uh, nobody is going to be held accountable. Nobody is going to carry the cab. The people who messed up are walking away scot-free. And, Patricia, it's a sad day because, in fact, we had to sell this agreement to our membership. And we said to them, This is the best under the circumstances, and I still believe it. But, of course, now we see how we have been, how we were sold an empty promise. But, Aisha, we are following up on a number of things. We respect the court's judgment because it's the highest court in the land, and we are uh, bound by law to accept it. However, this government has also been a signatory at the ILO, the International Labour Organization, they are a signatory to the convention that respects collective bargaining. And our issue is they have not respected it. So we want them to also give answers and the ministers to give answers to the ILO about the actions taken, which has devastated every single public servant in the country. Uh, Patricia, just for the record, all the public service unions were in court on this matter. The matter was heard together, but all of us are part of that legal action that we all lost. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and ask questions around the rest of the other unions because we mm, can't yes, be speaking course, for them. And I just want us to concentrate on you as Naptosa because at least you are a mouthpiece for Naptosa. But I do understand <laughs> that it's, it's absolutely every union and every public servant that is f- going to feel this particular pinch. I mean, Basil, we look at how um, in the past three years we've seen increases. Inflation has gone up, uh, fuel has gone up, and it's going to go up again. Um, you know, cost of living has increased. So the public servants are expected to live on the same salary that they had uh, two, three years ago um, and still do their work optimally. So this is something that, I mean, just just thinking about basic economics and the way people live is is quite a difficult one. Patricia, you couldn't have said it better. Um, The reality is 
the cost of living has gone up for everybody. And we have not moved. But more than that, so many people have lost jobs and are dependent on these people who are working. We know what research shows. How many more people are now dependent on the working people? And uh, if your salary is not increasing, how do you look after the many more mouths that are now suddenly part of your household because it's your brother's children or your sister's children and you can't leave them starving. And that is our reality. But, uh, Patricia, there's a long, long road ahead because uh, when bargaining, well, in the next few days, we will start the, um, the public service, uh, uh, what, what is it called? The bargaining the, summit? The summit, yes. yes. We, will, we will start the summit. And uh, the summit is supposed to be part of healing that rift between employer and employee. How are you going to do that? Deficit. That's a big <laughs> ask. How are you going to do that? Well, and this is it. You know, um, trust takes so long to build, but you can break it down in, in a day. It, it's like a reputation. You know, you take a lifetime to build a reputation and destroy it within a, a, an afternoon. And uh, so it's, it's to start a process. But also it is to start laying the groundwork for how the bargaining is going to unfold. And if we are already seeing um, the faces of our uh, unions, NAPTOSA leaders in particular, how downcast they are, they are not going into such bargaining sessions as happy people. Hmm. Look, um, Basil, I, I know the bargaining uh, summit starts uh, on the 28th of uh, March, right? The new month we enter into. But I just, I, I, I'm, I'm asking myself, when the unions go in to the summit, the unions are going in at a back foot because the previous promises that the unions took to their members has now been flawed and thrown out. So you're going in to a summit where negotiations have to take place. But where would you start? I hear you talking about um, restoring trust, but trust is, like you say, is not that easy to, to, to regain. But the negotiations are what are important for this new uh, fiscal and new coming up year. So how are you going to start these negotiations, knowing that already you're on a back foot and anything can happen? Courts can rule out any agreements that were previously signed. Well, let's, let's look at the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is that we meet an intransigent uh, employer in the bargaining council. There's no movement. It could end in a devastating, devastating lock, uh, locking of horns and a strike action as the worst possible scenario. Now, we are all vested in avoiding that. So that's one positive, is that there's a common end which none of us want. So if you picture what the end could be, maybe it pushes you into the right direction. But you're absolutely right. We're starting off uh, not knowing who, what we can trust from the employer, not uh, knowing and having heard already uh, the Minister of, of Finance indicating that uh, there is no money in the, in the short term for, for public service salaries. 
but public servants can't remain on the same level uh, indefinitely. And besides, when you look at what has impacted our country so badly, we don't see anybody paying the price. Why are we paying the price for the bad management of so many of our resources in the country? Because that is what has caused us to be in this place. But surely public servants are not the only ones that must pay for this. Let me read these uh, two messages before uh, we wrap up, uh, Basil. This one says, we are being played by the state. I am hurt as an A-teamer. All right. And then this one from Rodney, who's in Zumeri, uh, says, hi, Patricia. And uh, to you as well, Basil, does this ruling bar unions from negotiating for increases this year? Um, does it affect municipal workers or is it limited to public servants as in national and provincial government employees? Um, if I could take that, Patricia, it, 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 it's specifically with this agreement. However, one of the fallouts that I expressed or concerns about a fallout was that collective bargaining as a tool to get to a place where large groups of people can comfortably get an increase. That is under threat because the principle that has been established, the precedent set, is saying that employers don't have to be uh, fully committed to it. They can get a deal signed and can rake up a reason later why they can simply just walk away from an agreement. That is our concern. Now, we will unpack this more even tomorrow when our legal team meets with us again to, to look at the full extent of what this ruling really, really means, not only for public service unions, but for unions as a whole. So the A-teamer who, who sent in the message is justified in being concerned in their corner. But at this moment, this ruling affects the public servants as in uh, national and provincial uh, public servants, but is not extended to municipal workers just yet. All right. Basil, we need to wrap up our conversation. But for those who might want to be in touch with Naptosa because you are the union or they want to ask more questions, is there a website or an email address? Yes, absolutely. Uh, today, websites are made so easy. You just type in Naptosa and it will take you to our website. And you can pose your questions through the website. You can express your unhappiness and also you can say thank you for the job we tried to do. Even though we haven't been successful, it has not been because of a lack of trying. And that is what I also need to say to, to membership as a whole, is that we will continue the good fight. We know that we are now sitting with a binding ruling, which we will respect, but the fight for better conditions doesn't end with that. Thank you very much, Basil, for joining us this evening. Always a pleasure, Patricia. You be good. Look after yourself. You Bye. too. Thank you, Basil. So uh, this SMS WhatsApp comes in and says consumers are paying the price for state capture and corruption too. Consumers must pay for all the increases. They can't tighten another notch on their belt.